Welcome to my 12th Recovering Through Grief podcast. My name is Annie Blue, and today is June 16th, 2023. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. What if I told you there was a place within your DNA whose sole purpose is to trigger your awakening? What if I told you that awakening is an experience with its own mysterious timing and sequence? What if I told you that millions of children are taken on an excursion through the violently agitated underworld of the victim mentality, not given an out into the pure, clean air of freedom that is one's awakening? How is it that most innocent and open-hearted children and people can be beset by terrible trials that seemingly have no explanation. There is the premise that it is not about what happens to you, but how you handle it, your attitude. My guest today, Ileana, has been up close and personal to the, per Wikipedia, recruitment, transportation, transfer, hiding, the taking of a child for the purpose of slavery, forced work and exploiting. When children are abducted or taken for the purpose of slavery, the stakes are raised wretchedly high as a child often realizes they are placed in a reality in which they are always fighting for their life. Ileana's journey exemplifies the personification of what the attainment of true freedom can look like, as demonstrated with how she has handled her journey and her extraordinary attitude within her journey. Before I begin with her courageous story, I would like to introduce you to this exceptional woman by sharing her bio. Ileana is a trained Native American shaman, psychic, crystal healer, energy healer, past life regression, soul retrieval, and hypnosis practitioner. In her current practice, Ileana does energy healing, Reiki, and is a psychic who helps people to figure out their life journeys by looking at their life paths, what they would like to improve in their lives, achieve goals, create balance, and work on removing any blockages. Through self-hypnosis protocols, Ileana was able to learn much about her secret space program experiences and do memory retrievals. Ileana has recalled memories of abductions, especially since her mid-20s, when she turned 29 after her hysterectomy surgery in December 2014. She started having recall memories about being a secret space program asset, referred to as SSP. She was utilized as an asset in the Planetary Corporation's faction in the Mars Female Cybernetics Labs and Mars bases. Her books include Ileana's Star Journeys with the UFOs, ETs, SSPs, and Past Lifetimes, Volume 1, 
recruitment serving in planetary corporations and lunar space operations, crystal grids, the art of healing with crystals and how to heal with crystals and crystal grids. Welcome, Eliana. Thank you so much for your courage and willingness to share your story today. Thank you so much, Annie. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great. I know you're not described as a super soldier, but I would like to share an experiencer named James Rink's definition of a super soldier as a precursor to understanding your saga. A super soldier is trained most often in childhood to do military, psychic, telekinetic, or combat warfare allegedly used for nefarious elitist groups to further their global or national agenda. In most instances, the child individual is left unaware of their other world activities, except for constant fatigue, compromised mental and or physical health, and or paranormal activity in their conscious life. Different from Manchurian candidates who are sacrificial lambs, super soldiers are used repeatedly, thus their training doesn't have a stop time and the multitude of dollars expended to sustain this endeavor is outlandish. Per James, super soldiers are trained and can be genetically engineered from birth. The statistics espoused are that there are at least 4 million sleeper super soldiers worldwide. Most are unaware that they are being used in this way as the amnesia walls are so intentionally intact. So Eliana, if you can, please share your story of your early years, including your initial abductions. So I had, uh, I was born in Ukraine and I had abductions from the age of two to 10 by reptilians, the black drowsy reptilians that are the warrior type, 14 to 16 feet tall, and the greenish yellow reptilians that are the Shrub Invictus. And they're the ones that are the experimenters. They're the ones that when the black drowsy one would come in into my bedroom, and take me out of my little bed because at two, I no longer had a crib. I had a little bed. So he would come through a black portal. A black portal would open up. He would come through it and his skin is black, grayish black. That's why they're called the black drowsy reptilians and they have ridges on their, their humanoid, but obviously reptilian face, two arms, two legs, and a black smart suit just to define the appearance. And he would come in, he would take me out of my bed. I wasn't screaming, I wasn't fighting. He would just pick me up, take me through the portal. And I would see a cavern system. It was an underground dumb space under Rostov. And that was in Russia, because Rostov is more, not Ukraine, but Russia. So he would take me through this underground cavern he would, the walls were rough as we're walking through the cavern as he's carrying me, but then they become smooth and metallic-like. Wow. And you see a, a dumb space where humans are working and the reptilians are in a separate area doing their own experiments. 
There was also this tall harvester type man with, I say harvester race because they are the ones that observe the experiments and they organize the experiments, but they don't do it themselves. He was humanoid. He had pale gray skin. He was about 16 feet tall. The Sharab Invictus reptilians, yellow green ones were like 12 feet. Um, and this harvester being man uh, had a long beard, black beard, black hair with reddish highlights, just glowing eyes, like Ugh. red, yellow, like Ugh. almost like a demonic energy. You could feel it's not pleasant. Like it is very not a pleasant frequency coming from him. And he was just observing the experiments. He he was the one that contracted the experiments to be done with these reptilians, but he acts as an observer. So when the warrior reptilian would bring me in, he would place me into this metallic chair with um, wrist, like metallic wrist bands, I guess, go over your hands and legs. So you can't just walk out from the chair, can't stand up. They would put some kind of a nanotechnology dermally through my skin and I would feel my blood boiling, Ugh. literally with nanotech entering the bloodstream going to the immune system and just damaging the immune system. So you feel weak, you feel tired, you feel helpless. And they infected me with some type of a virus. Um, after these experiences, I would become paralyzed. I would get fever and I ended up in the hospital for almost three weeks wow. with full on paralysis, fever, and I lost consciousness. And they tested me for meningitis, for other viruses, and they did not find anything of that sort. They said, this is an unknown virus. We don't know what this is. Uh, they kept giving me fluids. They kept giving me saline because I couldn't eat. So they were just giving me saline to keep my system as clean as possible. And they just get, gave me nourishment through liquid food. Um, that's when I was four years old. And I remember those abductions vividly. I had some cover memories of seeing black crows in my bedroom mm -hmm. to cover up that it was the reptilians. That was the cover imprint mm -hmm. memory as a child. So I was like always afraid of the dark, of the black void, seeing the black void. And I was not afraid of crows, but I was leery of them. And I learned about this starting in about 2012. I started getting visions of the reptilians, starting to understand that I was abducted by reptilians. I don't remember anything. I mostly remember just when I was four until 10, I don't really remember what they were doing to me. The same thing. I, I don't really go back to that, but it was from the age of two to two to 10 and, and vividly the four, what happened at the years of four years old. Um, I hope that I got so sick because they infested some kind of a nanovirus inside me. I also remember children being um, shackled to the walls and being in cages yeah. in that dark place in that underground dumb space. The humans did nothing. The human military personnel did nothing. They were just doing their, their work and the reptilians were doing their experiments, although they are aware of the reptilians, 
They never interfere with anything that they did. The kids were malnourished. Some of them didn't have any clothes on. Some did. It was just a very enslavement type of an atmosphere where you cannot leave. Can't yeah. just get out and go until they return you. They've done what they want with you. Then they return you home and they wipe the memory as if energetically they wipe the memory as if nothing ever happened, but you're, you're left sick and tired. So that's the abduction with the, these particular two sets of different reptilian species and that harvester man, I'll just call him the harvester race. For yeah, definition. That's helpful. I mean, the whole, everything that you've given is just so clear and concise. It's, you know, it's interesting to, it's interesting for me to hear things like that because it's been part of my world too. So when you get to hear somebody else's experience, then there's definitely alignment. So it's, yeah, it's totally interesting to hear the pieces that, that, but it's also, I haven't really, you know, I, as much as I've heard so much of what you've shared, I haven't really you know, spoken to somebody that was, that had it happen in Europe. Everybody I've ever met was in, in the United States. So it's interesting to hear about, especially, you know, in Ukraine and Russia. Um, so you, you had something that all experiencers dream about and wish for. You had parents and grandparents that honored you authentically as a child and enabled you to speak freely of everything you were witnessing. How was your social and emotional development growing up? Did you witness side effects in your developing childhood years? Well, my grandmother, I would tell stories to my grandmother that I'm seeing these blonde beings and spaceships and I'm seeing the stars and I've traveled in the stars. We didn't have a TV in 1985, <laughs> despite what people think. Places in Europe, some some homes didn't have TVs, not even the black and white ones. So I never got to see anything on TV. I didn't listen to the radio. I was just telling grandma stories constantly. And she would tell my mother, I don't know where, where she gets this. She just tells me these vivid stories of where she's been in the stars. Can you imagine a three, four-year-old talking about these things? Oh, sure, really. And, and they didn't know what star seeds were at that time. So grandma would listen and just allow me to speak, just speak about my experiences. My mom, she didn't object to it. My dad kind of like, okay, well, she's very imaginative. She has a lot to say, just these are her stories. Well, let her talk. They didn't, they didn't talk to me about aliens, but they never stopped me or extraterrestrials, but they never stopped me from sharing my stories. I think that's talking so about healthy. I mean, it had to at least give you some sort of a, a cushion and safety. Well, my my mother's on my mother's side. My grandma was psychic. Uh, her grand grandmother was psychic. So my my mother did understand what psychic ability is, and that it's something special. And that if a child, as long as the child is not saying that they're being hurt or something is horrible happening to them just let the child share the experiences and let them be a child. Uh, so my parents never said anything to me that I couldn't talk about it. I had seen a white UFO with my grandfather when I was walking in the woods towards our dacha. It was like a gyroscope UFO, huge white UFO. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and my, my grandpa, I said to my grandfather, look, grandpa, there's this huge craft right above us. And he said, yes, there is. I see it, but don't, don't, don't pay too much attention to this. It's okay. What's in the skies is real. Know that it's real. I said, okay. And then um, a few years later, when I was like four and a half, I was walking with my grandmother in the park. This wasn't in the woods near the dacha. This was just in the city. Haika in one of the parks. And I saw a silver white UFO hovering in the white sky. It was just a beautiful day. No clouds. Same as when we were walking on the dacha. There were some clouds, but it was just a clear, beautiful day. And when I was with grandma, I saw the silver disc. And I and I said, look, grandma, there's something hovering there. And she said, yeah, that's not an airplane. That's something different. It might not be from this world. And um, I said to her, I don't think it's from this world. I think it's from somewhere else, definitely. And she said, there are beings that are not of this world. Whoa. They do exist and that we should be respectful of them. Yay for her. I mean, back then, that's absolutely amazing. Well, she was raised to believe that the supernatural existed. Very she cool. understood that the paranormal and the supernatural exists, and we coexist with other beings in the universe. So she had the basic understanding that there's things out there that are beyond us and not us. Um, and that not everything is human made. So she had some understanding of it. And so that's how I was raised to not dismiss phenomenon that I didn't understand, but to be curious and to examine and learn what's out there. So that was kind of my childhood. And when I was six, I moved to Israel and I kind of forgot about all of this. It just went dormant. Um, I knew I was still being abducted, but Israel is a special place of its own because I got to see the, the Temple of Solomon where the Ark of the Covenant is hidden, like deep underground. I could feel the energy. Wow. When I stood there, there's the weeping wall and there's further the Temple Mount of Solomon. So I stood up on that hill in Jerusalem because I used to live in Jerusalem. And we went up there to see this, wasn't interested in the weeping wall, Was went straight to the Temple of Solomon. Ooh. And I said, there's something underground. There's, there's an energy field. There's something being protected here. And I was six and I said this to my parents and they're like, yeah, maybe there's something there. Don't worry about it. Let's just look at this place. Um, and now I realize that's where the Ark of the that original is, Ark of the Covenant is so still. Cool still there deep I mean, deep underground this could, be, this could be above that level of an energy wow yeah so i understand now going back to that age what that was that's cool and i i stood above it because i lived in no. jerusalem uh and i went straight for that temple of solomon and it felt like a very magical ancient oh, for place sure. for sure like some kind of a just a a special gift you know, like hang in there kind of thing, you know, that's like beautiful to be given that just with everything that you did, you went through, you know, throughout the rest of your life. I, well, I had a normal childhood, honestly. It's like, I knew there was stuff that was beyond normal, but it, it didn't make me 
it didn't make me stand out too much because I knew I I knew something was different about me, but I never said to the other kids anything. I never said anything to my teachers at school. Uh-huh. I just was a well-behaved child and adolescent, keeping the things that I knew to myself. I would tell my parents some things that there's life on Mars, life on the moon. There's other beings living in space. And they're like, yeah, that's probable. That could be real. So they they did not say anything unsupportive to me ever. It's like, it's a probability, yeah, maybe. Um, And then when I was eight years old, I moved to Canada. Oh my gosh, another move. Yeah, well, we moved around when I was young um, because all those countries were going through something, Mm -hmm. always upheavals, one upheaval after another, and we did not like those energies, so we moved to Canada. Um, and then I just grew up like a normal child, but knowing there's something special out there, I kept seeing different crafts, different glowing lights. In 2016 is when I really started seeing the crafts hanging out above my house. Wow. Because I remembered in 2014, after my hysterectomy, the secret space program memories of serving on planetary corporations through that quantum leap time dilation 16 back that i had worked on 11 mars bases wow that i had worked in something that's called the cybernetics labs i had worked on biological drug serums creating different plasma serums for healing different things because when you come to mars the oxygen in the atmosphere is really low like Mm -hmm. you get an inoculation a plasma treatment dermally so that you get more oxygen in your bloodstream Mm -hmm. you can breathe better that's that's the first thing you get when you go to mars on an ssp mission or a long service like i had the 16 back for myself so Uh, so can you explain what 16 back in case some of the people that are listening don't know about that it's basically your time dilated in a separate it's a human timeline, but it's sort of separate from the Earth one. You're transported to Mars. It could be through that time dilation field tra- transportation technology because they have transportation platforms. Like, yeah, so even thinking Star Trek for some people that it'll have. Well, these, yeah, yeah I know it's different. Right, right. It's right. different, but Star Trek is based on this real life premise. So. Uh, they have the transportation platforms with different types of crystal nacelles like business. And that's near the transport pad and it activates time dilation frequency to beam you out from anywhere they want because they can track your soul signature and beam you out. Or they could pick you up in a triangular craft or other types of crafts and beam you out and then transport you to the planet, to Mars. I would just mostly sometimes get beamed out by these transport pads or by the crafts, what you call a TR-6 is the latest oh, model. So or you higher. did like your 16 back, which is generally broken down into probably 320s, right? No, 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 no. I did a whole 16 back, but it was never broken in pieces. Okay. Um, I had made biological drug serums and that allows you to stay young. So I kept looking 30 constantly. Mm-hmm. I was never aging, even though I was like 
in my 60s, I wasn't aging. I would look like I was 30 because I would every month inject myself dermally with a life force rejuvenator, if you will, to keep young and fresh uh, and not age. So, and I would look at myself in the mirror and I'm, okay, I look 30, good, it's still working. Next injection next month, dermally in the skin, and it just re refreshes you, heals your telomeres, and you stay looking young, and you are young. So th that's some of the things I worked on, that biological drug serum type of a thing. Wow. Uh, I also, on the basis, I worked on creating biological human cyborgs. You, you have the human, right? And it's augmented with different kinds of cybernetics and implants to make the humans stronger, more intelligent, more faster, which you call super soldiers. And they had different types of implants to assist with that. So that's what's called the biological human cyborg. It's not just all metal parts and purely cyborg. It's a human biological cyborg. They have augmentation with different implants and nanotechnology. So that's the distinction. It's a human cyborg. So have you ever gotten anything up about previous lifetimes or anything like that that support your how how evolved you were with the work you did? Yes, I remember previous lifetimes being Pleiadian, Andromedan, the L race. It's a 12th dimensional race oh. that um, does not have to be in bodies. They are they they embody the light field, so they can be you know just pure energetic light field frequency. But they can create human bodies, ships, bio ships, and they can interact with humans. They're twelve D, twelve density. So they figured out how to go beyond the human state, beyond yeah. the molecular physicality, beyond corporeal. Mm -hmm. So they're like Q beings. If you've ever heard of in Star Trek Q. Mm -hmm. They're like that, but they don't meddle in human stuff. They don't interfere with humans. They just help with wisdom and soul teaching and other things. Amazing. So back, yeah, so back to the uh, planetary corporations, I also worked with what's called the holographic medical pods. That's the regenerative technology that age regresses you, that can heal diseases, that can find things what's going on in your body that's out of alignment blockages and heal that as well and it can time dilate you back to being younger or older to a phase um, and it's connected to holographic technology it runs on plasma and crystalline energy frequency some of the older medical pods are run on lasers like literal operating laser systems there's different degrees of these medical pods the more newer ones are purely crystalline some are just plasma some combination of both there's degrees how many levels there are of this technology. oh i bet i would think there'd be almost 40 or so you know a pretty pretty good number yeah well this technology is 300 years more advanced than what humans have on earth that's what they've developed on mars with the help of Nordics, because there were Nordic types in this program, planetary corp, 11 feet tall, 8, 10, 12 feet tall, muscular, blue eyes, blonde hair. Some of them had light brown hair. They all wore blue, silver smart suits, and I wore a smart suit on the base because it protects you from getting sick. It keeps you healthy. It reju rejuvenates your molecular system and physicality. 
It also has an electromagnetic field around it, so protects you from getting shot by projectile weapons or laser phaser uh, weaponry. Um, everybody wore a smart suit because this is Mars. There's still various beings there that are not humanoid, uh, also creatures. So for the protection and safety, everybody on the base wore a smart suit. Wow. Um, and we also, I had Neuralink implants in my brain. That's Nordic technology, nanotechnology, and fiber gold optics as well. And these Neuralink implants had energy cores inside them. I have four of these in my brain. It allowed me to connect with, it enhanced my own psychic ability, and allowed me to connect with different computer systems, holographic interfaces, wow. just download information. And it also, this, there's, I was taught through these Neuralink implants how to be a cybernetics technician. So you don't have four years of training. You have like a month or two. Wow. And it teaches you everything you need to know to do your job. Did you love it? I think I would have loved, I mean, I'm, I'm such a, a, a learner. I would have loved learning all that. Um, it was interesting to me and it was kind of exciting. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't say I loved it because it, I knew I couldn't leave Mars and go back to Earth you, until then. You, you were aware of that because there's so many. That yes, Earth, I was. That Earth doesn't exist. So it's interesting. No, this, this program never said that Earth never existed. So it was cool. it, because they collect every history, bit of history about Earth and other planets. They have it in their holographic databases. Yay. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, so this program doesn't brainwash you that Earth was blown up and you can't go home. I knew Earth was there. I just had to do my 16 back. Then I would be age regressed and time dilated to go back home. Wow. So I, I I was aware of Earth. I was aware that I had a human life that I would go back to on Earth. That was never hidden from me. I just couldn't go to, back to Earth until I finished my job. I love that you had that kind of transparency. Well, so with doing a 16 back, when did your health issues begin and how did that unravel and show up for you? I always had health issues since I was four. So <laughs> since what the reptilians did to me, I always was unhealthy. Were you in and out of hospitals a lot? Um, When I was about... In my mid-20s, I had constantly problems with bleeding and stuff. So I had a hysterectomy in 2014. So that um you were really young. How yeah, well, I was about I was 29. Honestly, I don't enjoy going into hospitals and hospitals don't interest me. Right. I got the hysterectomy, my health became so much better. Like I I am healthy. Good. So that was actually it helped my health getting that surgery helped me i'm glad to hear that yeah so basically it was good to get that done it was done i was healthy and for me i have nothing was horrible super horrible was done to me in the program that i was in the ssp so i don't feel like i was enslaved uh, and I wasn't taken into that program as a child. Um, I'm really glad to hear it. I mean, I'd much rather hear your your kind of a storyline than any of the rest of them that are out there. Yeah, and my soul wasn't fractured into different altars. Uh, a lot of experiencers say they have many altars and they, they go in and out of altars. 
I was always one person. I was trained at a, as an assassin in Dark Fleet um, to retrieve criminals and to, to retrieve hardcore people who've done horrible things to get them to serve justice. That's the darker aspect of that, but I never was broken into many different um, personalities or alters. Sounds like you're such an advanced being before you came down here. Like, yeah. well, uh, I when I was in Planetary Corp in the in the holographic database system, there is one faction called Shadow Guard where they do mind control and break people apart from top to bottom, wow. torture, mental, physical torture, mental torture, mind control programming. So you become an MK ultra agent, basically. Mm -hmm. I, I was aware like that's in their records that that program exists on Mars. And I was aware of it. And I just, I said to myself, they will, if I ever see this program, they will never break me. I actually got to see their headquarters and go into it but i'm like i will not be broken by these people they cannot telepathically break me they cannot physically break me even though i got to see it i never got to experience the full torture i'm so glad i mean i I seriously would much rather hear that i don't want to know that anybody will so um, you're going to be bringing up lunar space operations with your share. Um, I want to give just a bit of history and understanding of another related lunar center, just to kind of give some people some sort of imaging and connection to lay a foundation for where your time and great learning was spent. The other center is called the Lunar Operations Command, as found in a publication titled Directorate of Space Planning and Analysis. This is from April 1960, and that describes Military Lunar Base Program, or SR-183, Lunar Observatory Study Volume 1, as well as many other podcast presentations that uh, discuss this, such as Super Soldier Talk and the Red Pill Cafe that can both be found online. So the Lunar Operations Command, which was called LOC, is a neutral area on the moon from which military forces operations and installations are prohibited. It is the location where SSP or secret space program personnel conduct their meetings prior to traveling out into the solar system. It also maintains air traffic support for our solar system. A stationary base like the LOC capitalizes on the advantages of building a one location, radiation, radiation shielding, infrastructure that minimizes mobile transportation expenses. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop. One portion of it, LOC Alpha, manages control of all space programs traffic, which encompasses satellites for all civilian and military intelligence, secret military, NASA, NASA, other nations, and the advanced SSP. This includes the SSP assets plan scheduling and location use of LOC Center with the objective of keeping visitors and live-ins invisible from each other when necessary and possible. This comprises tracking ground-located astronomical observation posts. This also entails managing bona fide calculated times of access. 
This proper attention to detail alleviates any SSP vessel accidents that could otherwise be traced from live video feeds of NASA. The air traffic control coordinated effort cloaks the moon and Mars appearing only as a mirage when viewed in the air. Because of this scrutiny and monitoring, any vessels appearing on the radar are generally visible and flying with intention by those daring and flying with the expectation to be seen. This control center designated as both air and space also aids with the Earth Defense Grid collaboration under the auspices of the Military Industrial Complex SSP. So you, you've discussed some of becoming a cybernetics technician. Um, if you can, you, you, you shared just a tiny bit, Ileana, about the Neuralink. So if you can kind of elaborate a little bit on that so people can really understand, I know they've heard some, some of this language through Elon Musk. Um, and then when you describe planetary corporations, what, what does that exactly mean? And then if you wanted to talk about your Lunar Operations Center, so I can repeat those questions one at a time. Sure. Or... sure. So the Neuralink implants are nanotechnology, also, also partially etheric. Like when you go to scan on an MRI, you're not going to see them because they're on a different vibration. They're four or 5D implants. So you're not going to see it on an MRI scan. You're not going to see it on a CAT scan. Because again, this is technology 300 years ahead of what we have. It's nothing like Neuralink, with it, which is a microchip technology that has to go through brain surgery into your brain. And it's connected to a battery that has to be recharged every couple of days. And it's to help people who are paralyzed or need to talk, like who've had neurological problems. That's Neuralink, Elon Musk. Neuralink is what the Nordics developed ah. on planetary corporations to, to, uh, to allow you to advance and augment your psychic ability for quick processing of learned information to download and upload large packets of information through these implants and retain that memory and knowledge. It's it's stored in various compartments of the Neuralink implants. I had four in my brain. So I had large capacity for memory storage, memory retention of the information I would download from the databases, holographic ones on these Mars bases. And I was also doing communications work, not just cybernetics tech. I can tap into any part of the databases to see tactical information, to see historical information. So for, these implants allowed me to also remote control and pilot different spacecraft to test out craft. And the reason why I was taken into Planetary Corp was because of my past life memories as Pleiadian and Andromedans designing spaceships that had crystalline technology in it and could go and travel beyond the speed of light, faster yeah. than the speed of light. They wanted to look at these memories through the memory ingram stations that have a type of a visor on it. They You sit in it and it scans your past life memories, not just your current life, but Ooh. other lives you've had. It looks for certain segments of this crystalline technology, how it works, what it does, what kind of crystals are used, and how to implement it with nuts and bolts and metal ships, how to 
try to integrate the crystalline technology. They didn't really get it right the first time because you can't really integrate something into nuts and bolts. You have to replicate a full ship without any separate parts to put crystalline technology into it. It took them years to get this right, and they would look through my memories over and over again. That's why they took me, and because I had psychic ability and could process a lot of information and was patient. And I like genetics. I also did genetic projects, working in the cybernetics labs, splicing human and ET DNA together and actually trying it on myself. I would actually morph into other humanoid extraterrestrials. Skin wow. would change, uh, height. Molecular structure can easily be changed with genetic modification into other humanoid ETs who have the same humanoid basic template, but they might look different. They have different characteristics of DNA. As long as it's equivalent to human, it will match up genetically. It will change you. It can make you bigger, smaller, taller, yeah. like change your features, enhance your psychic ability when you get an infusion of ET DNA. But something else I did um, in these cybernetics labs, these types of experiments, not just age reversing process or the medical pods, so planetary corporations is literally a military corporation that designs advanced technologies for improving their own infrastructures they have no intention of giving any of this technology to the humans zero they do it for their own strength they do it for their own infrastructure so they're not even dependent on earth they have a full infrastructure their own programs I'm sure there's more than 11 bases on Mars. I was just on 11 bases mm -hmm. that they run. It's their property. They run them. There's food, there's shelter. Your clothing is provided. The smart suit is provided. Replicator technology is there. You're fed. You're, you're kept comfortable. If you need to be in a room of your own with a small lounge, you know, bathroom, and a bedroom, that's what you have for quarters if you don't want to bunk with a bunch of people. Because some people bunk, they do the, um, you know, general living quarters where there's five, 12 people together. Those mm -hmm. that don't feel comfortable with that, they get their own small quarters. That's nice. Yeah, it also depends on the work you do. If, mm -hmm. if you're lower ranking, you're doing the bunking. If you're higher ranking, you might get your own quarters. But they feed you, there's cafeterias there, there's hollow recreation centers. When you have a bit of time off from this work, you can go relax a little bit. There are recreational areas. There is domes on Mars. Everything is in electromagnetic dome systems mm -hmm. to protect you from the harsh environment of, of the planet it's still low oxygen they're now trying to do some terraforming and to actually start getting tree sanctuaries going yeah. with large trees in the soil or something in the soil on mars that makes everything grow twice the size of earth wow. trees and mushrooms but they have biodomes where there's food food growing with aquaponics and hydroponics there's gardens, there's animals, there's lakes, there's a miniature sun system. So you feel like you're on, there's oxygen in these biodomes, park areas, recreational areas, 
where you feel like you're on a you feel like you're home you wouldn't know the difference when you're inside these biodomes there's the workstations there's the work um personnel areas where you, the labs and other types of um, communication systems on the basis meeting areas cafeterias so it in and there's levels. These bases are not small. There's several levels to them. And some of it research labs underground, even in the underground installations. So it's, and it's all shielded by the, that electromagnetic field. So if there's a meteorite or if there's a satellite or something junk, space junk, cannot penetrate the outer layer of the dome shield that's protecting the bases, right? Um, and it's made of some metallic parts, some um, your typical, I guess you could call it regolith. It's not cement like what we have here. It's hardier material. So that's kind of like a material that's can withstand the time, Everything. the ravages of time. Well, with <laughs> 300 years to, to move it along, they've Yeah, so they, the big yeah, the bases don't decompose like houses here on Earth. It's not built of brick and mortar or uh, wood. It's different material. And it's all invisible, so you can't see it on satellite or radar because there's holographic right. technology protecting dome, the domes of these bases. Some of them are built in craters, some not on the craters. It depends what the facilities do. Uh, so that's, and planetary corporations did train me in laser weapons, phaser swords, plasma swords, oh, laser yeah. swords. You get your basic Viking battle ready training. You carry a phaser with you. You wear the smart suit even inside the base. So you are battle ready trained. Mm -hmm. I was never a super soldier. I was never put in field missions, only when I was trained as the assassin in Dark Fleet on their various ships. Um, but when I was doing Planetary Corp, I never did field missions. I was on the basis in the labs. Um, so that's pretty much that type of work. Then there's lunar space operations. That's before going to Mars. I did oh. two years on lunar space operations. And it has several bases on on the moon. It has mining facilities and the asteroid fields as well. This is the place where you get trained about what type of ETs you could encounter when you are serving out in space. It's a preparatory base okay. to get you ready for life in space. It's on the moon. They have several bases. That's why I call it lunar space operations, because it's more than one base. It's kind of circular modules that are stacked together in oh. levels. But I don't think I've ever seen it in anything. If if you have any pictures, send them along and so we can yeah. include them because I, sure. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, I have pictures I see it. with your pictures that you've put on other things now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, I can send you a few pictures of that, of course. And it's like white grayish looking. Uh, these modules connected together, they have like 42 levels on each base from yeah. 42 to 52 levels. And again, 
protected by some of it is protected by dome systems. It depends where it's on which side of the moon, because there's the light side of the moon, there's the dark side of the moon. So basically I did two years there preparing to do work on Mars. I was, they have their own databases about all the extraterrestrials, their cultures, their histories, the languages, the foods, wow. the, the etiquette, the decorum, how they dress, how oh, you're yeah. supposed to behave when you meet them or see uh-huh. them. So they teach you everything as well as what's out there in space, what you can encounter. So lunar space operations is like a place of where they prep you. That's really impressive. I mean, I, yeah. I that, that's fabulous to, to hear that there's something like that out there and also just to get to be so prepared so of those of that the, those two years versus uh the cybernetics which which did you favor i didn't favor one or the other it was it's i thought it was all experiences that taught me something interesting about life oh i love it i'd love mm-hmm. to learn yeah, and people ask me, why don't you feel resentful about any of this? I was never mistreated super badly like others were. Um, if I tried to t- turn off my Neuralink implants, it would cause nosebleeds or seizures uh, because it's like a neural system in your brain, right? That's the only drawback of Neuralink implants. And when I was out of the secret space program, they malfunctioned. And I had nanotechnology, nanofiber gold leaking in my brain. So this is when I connected to my healer aspects of what the Arcturians would call energy healing and psychic surgery. And I actually excised and removed energetically the neural link implants. Because I was, I was given a choice in 2017, go back to Mars, have the neural link implants recalibrated by the Nordics for the frequency to function. So the implants wouldn't cause inflammation in my brain, wouldn't cause my brain to explode, go back working for the programs. I said, no, thank you. I don't want to go back working for you. I did my 60 and back. I'm not interested to be re-upped, you know. Um, I thought, you know, I can get rid of these implants myself. I had learned energy healing, Reiki. Like I had that healer background already in the shamanism foundation yeah 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 yeah. so i just yeah i just got more upgrades like i work with a species called the solipsi who are pleiadian gray hybrids they're not pure grays they're they have pink skin they look somewhat like grays but they're not they sent me these interesting psychic surgery maps uh, and where the implants were and healing symbols and frequencies, how to disconnect Ooh. everything from these implants and remove them. Um, people say never work with the grays, never do anything with the grays, but not all, not all beings are pure grays. Right. These ones were Pleiadian gray hybrids and they taught me a lot about healing. I'm and glad. I had, yeah, so I got these implants removed myself with the psychic surgery how long, this, that, well, how long a process was that for you it was it was a week it was a week's oh, worth oh, of process I, I thought you were gonna tell me something like four years wow no, no 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 i didn't have four years to remove these implants my brain would have it's true basically like been super inflamed and i could have died from neurological damage what did, what did it feel like well it felt like my brain was exploding and i was losing my cognitive ability 
I was starting to almost feel like I was blind and I couldn't process neurologically. Like I was starting to have memory lapse issues. Um, so I, I trusted these beings. They gave me schematics how to remove these implants. So I did that. But then I had brain scarring and I had white matter brain lesions and I still had the cognitive issues from the brain inflammation from mm -hmm. these implants malfunctioning and refusing to get them recalibrated by planetary corp. So this is when I started doing the hypnosis because I was taught by my shaman teacher, Leonard Hell, how to do self-hypnosis. And I perfected the techniques and I also changed that technique to do hypnosis on other people for memory retrieval and some basic healing. That's great. I, yeah, I choose to treat hypnosis more so for memory retrieval, but sometimes I weave in, weave the in the the, the healing, depending on what the person's needs are. Mm -hmm. um, so I did started to do the self hypnosis on myself. What I was trained to do changing the protocol to improve it, of course. Uh, and that's when I figured out I had a lot of medical knowledge, a lot of medical knowledge from Planetary Corp, what I did in the cybernetics labs, the plasma treatments. So I started infusing myself with human plasma to reverse the, to reverse the lesions in the brain, the brain scarring of those Amazing. lesions. How did you do something like that? I just accessed the medical knowledge of the plasma treatments. I would synthesize and replicate on Mars what I was studying about plasma. Here on Earth, you can't synthesize human plasma just yet from a replicator and just germally inject it into yourself. You have to infuse yourself with human plasma that's separated out from the blood. Mm. So basically, blood banks create human plasma and blood for infusion. I do the human plasma and that has removed the white matter lesion scarring in my, in my brain. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it seems like you had such so many positive, considering the depth of what you did, you really had a lot that, that supported you with more of a graceful uh, experience. Well, I would say knowledge is learning knowledge is power in its own right when you use it properly if you use it for healing and you don't use it to destroy anything else that kind of medical knowledge could be very powerful and i was able to access it through memory retrieval and the self-hypnosis in my protocols mm -hmm. and i developed a memory retrieval course which has helped some people retrieve their own memories based off of the hypnosis based off of those techniques so I find it very empowering when you start remembering these all these things on your own. When I got the hysterectomy, I got memories coming in on their own. But to get that extra stuff, the medical stuff, and more vivid explanation of all these terms, I did the self-hypnosis. There's also something called the time corporations, which is the time police, who police anything you do with time travel with the time travel technology that the programs are given so they police that and time preparation basically they are the offshoot of the atlanteans who left earth oh. and developed time work 
to make sure the humans don't do anything bad to ruin time, the timelines, that the SSPs don't do anything that will destroy the fabric of our existence, okay. and just to police all the programs. Mm -hmm. So mediators, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, what I, had, I recently heard some, uh, Dr. Trebing, I'm a spinal resonance chiropractic, that he said that in the 1980s, one in 10,000 children were diagnosed autistic. Now the stats are one in 38 children. So it went from one in 10,000 in 1980 to one in 38. Did you get to learn anything related to with the SSP work with about um, autism? No. no. Autism can be because of certain things injected into people that right. cause biological changes. Um, that can be autistic, born because of that, or some people are born autistic because their soul is vibrating at a different field than the human body. So it might not match completely in the body that they're in because they have a higher soul capacity. So the frequency has to be adjusted. There's many different reasons why I have worked with autistic people and I know that there could be multiple reasons why somebody could have autism. Okay, I was just curious because I thought I just wondered if they had gone into. I mean, well, they were so far evolved, but even if they even, they probably were so past aut autism even being in their arena because they were that far evolved. I didn't see anybody that was autistic, like expressing autistic tendencies. Um, anybody in planetary corp, they had neurolink implants to telepathically talk to each other mm -hmm. and access all the systems. So. But that basically heals anything that you have neurological problems it heals that as long as the, as long as the implants are calibrated correctly to the frequency in your brain and they don't malfunction even things that are 300 years more advanced can malfunction and need recalibration energetic frequency recalibration to work correctly um, but those implants would have fixed anything of the nature of autism because your cognitive abilities are very strong with the implants. So it does fix things that are neurological issues. But creates that dependency. And see, what I loved about what you've done is you stepped outside of all of that. So you didn't allow that dependency to be a part of the rest of your life. So well, I knew, well, I knew these implants could kill me and that they were not working properly. And I didn't want to take the time to recalibrate them myself because I wanted them gone. Right. That's, that's fabulous. So how did your uh, secret space program journey influence not only your biology, but your destiny? Keeping in mind that you call yourself a star traveler on your website and all that you are part of to be here on Earth at this time, um, participating in, I consider, a highly impactful way. Uh, the positive byproduct of all you learned and participated in assisted you in discovering for yourself, your self-hypnosis and other modalities. Um, so do you want to even talk about at all about the healing? Like you you, you shared that you, you teach people self-hypnosis. Is there anything else you want to discuss that has helped you heal yourself that you offer and can and teach in curriculum? I like yeah, that. I do teach people how to do hypnosis. I also do hypnosis sessions for people. So I do various hypnosis sessions to help people with sometimes healing or memory retrieval. 
I like to empower people to learn hypnosis so they can go at their own pace and discover things for themselves. That's why I did the memory retrieval course and the hypnosis stuff. So people have options in what they want to be trained in and how they want to recover their memories because the techniques have been developed uh, into specific protocols for what you're going for to do. Um, I think that just helps you to understand who you are as a living being because hypnosis can help you to go into your past lives. Hypnosis can help you to go into discovering who you are right now. If you've had supernatural paranormal experiences with ET contact, contacts, abductions, the SSP stuff, hypnosis can help you figure all that out as well as the memory retrieval course. I think it just empowers you to understand yourself as a whole living being and how things fit into different categories of your experiences. What happened first, second, third, so you're no longer confused about who you were in these experiences. It gives you clarity and it gives you your power back. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so you talked about, you know, some of the, with what you were sharing before was, would you have called it a portable jump gateway station? Um, the, the station that teleported me from Mars back home and from home to Mars. Yeah. I would call it a portable teleportation station. Um, and they're, they're not huge. They are like a transporter. Mm. And I also was abducted into area 51 and they have these transporter pads. Right. And I did genetics there. So they took me because of my ability to splice human ET genetics together. They had what's called regeneration tanks with white plasma in it to grow clone bodies and to grow different hybridized bodies. That's an S1. It's called Bioengineering Underground Laboratory System, S1 through S six and they do reverse engineering of different crafts that have crashed been retrieved or shared through these programs in area 51 a huge underground complex system so i my experiences have included many different things oh, so I mean, wow i was also sent to antarctica to study the atlantean outposts and their space building ship facilities wow i i studied what's what I term the Neuralink chairs, that when you, and it could look like a metallic object or a, or a metal object or even rock object, you sit in it, the hieroglyphics activate, and it allows your thought consciousness to connect with a holographic aspect of the technology or whatever interface it has. It allows you to see events like it's almost like mind time dilation going back in time or in the future, mm -hmm. seeing how events unfold. You'd call it like a chronovisor technology, but much more advanced. Oh, wow. More advanced than chronovisor. Wow. Yes, much more advanced. And this is in Antarctica, I guess I'm not surprised. Yeah. And this is ancient Atlantean technology. They had outposts in Antarctica, like they had outposts in many places on the continents. Atlantis goes back to mil two million years ago. It's much older than what people think. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and these Neuralink technologies, these Neuralink chairs or trip chairs, they allow you to open portals as well with your mind. 
and stabilize portals and travel from point A to B on the planet or off planet. So I got to see this technology in person wow. when I was sent to Antarctica. This is when I was released from the 60 and back from Planetary Corp. Antarctica was like my final mission. Um, and I just remember wearing a smart suit so I didn't feel cold and I had a laser sword because in Antarctica, you're not supposed to use projectile weapons. There is a lot of electromagnetic frequency that interferes with physical weapons, but it doesn't interfere with plasma swords or laser swords. Wow. Yeah, sometimes there's reptilians in Antarctica. So they're also out there and other beings. They have bases there underground in a cloning facility, apparently. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things going on in Antarctica that we're not being told about, as well as ancient technologies. So so with the how, like with the teleportation platforms, is that how they got kids, you know, off planet without detection? Were there other um apparatuses that they used for that yeah it's teleportation pads time dilation technology and spaceships that can beam you out there's many different ways of beaming you out and there's physical abduction human trafficking as well so there, there's a lot of different ways they can take kids and they just mind wipe their memories so they don't remember anything yeah um, some of them are returned back home and some are not some go missing um like there's Canada 411, America 411, David Pilatus that uh, discusses how people go missing, yeah. never to be found again. Some of them go missing through portals, like natural portal systems. Some of them are abducted into these programs. There's many different ways. There's not just the portal platform stations, but actual people with abilities to open portals and come and take you. And ETs have abilities to open portals. Some of them are positive ones. Some of them are not so positive. There's different types of ETs that do different programs and things. Wow. Well, so um, with with your extraordinary scholarship and amazing intellectual ability, how did you fit into the normal education system? I would have think you would have been tested out as gifted, gifted, gifted plus. Did you actually you were able to integrate in regular high school and did you go to college i didn't go to a regular high school i went to a high school that is for the gifted okay it, it had advanced enrichment programs i hated math i hated gym i would not even show up to those classes um so i was given a proposition to sign up for classes that i would enjoy doing to pass high school because didn't care for the math didn't care for the gym those were all boring things to me. I didn't felt useless. Took a lot of art classes. I took a lot of history. I took a lot of earth science. Took a lot of computer courses in high school because I was interested in higher thought pattern concepts and art. Was it a pretty was it a pretty small in population? The school? Was no, it, it was a big school. What? Um, and I took. It wasn't public, though. It was private, right? No, it's private. Public school. Public school, but uh, it's one of the schools that had an enriched English program, math program. What's took enriched program? English. I took enriched sciences courses. 
I took language, uh, enjoyed Spanish, hated French, enjoyed Spanish quite a bit. It just didn't resonate with the French, but loved Spanish because in Dark Fleet, they're they they spoke Spanish quite a bit. Ah. So Spanish was my language more so than French. Canada French is a second language for me. It was just boring. I didn't want not want to learn French. I took a lot of French. Well, you're you're this you're really kind of keen into my greatest fantasy. I mean, you're everything you you've gotten to do as far as all the learning that you've gotten exposed to. I mean, that's like me. I'm a hermit within me. So I would have loved everything you've learned. Well, let's just say in school, it was my choice or no choice at all. I would not bow down to teachers and counselors and principals. Anybody who tried to make me fit in into somewhere I wasn't, I was like, I just walk out of the class and not come back. And then they would call my parents two days later to ask, why didn't she show up for math and gym? And my parents like, well, she's not interested. She doesn't want to do that. She's not going to show up um, for any of that. If she doesn't want to show up, she's not the kind of person to be made to do something if it's not working. So I made a deal with the counselor because this was a school for the advanced. Um, they figured out other ways to help me out to go to school, to be interested sure. in school. So I did graduate with a high school diploma. I went to library school for two years to be a library technician, not librarian, just library technician. I took other business courses uh, at another university to be a supervisor. So I have a lot of interests. I took a lot of healing courses, crystal courses, shamanism, magic, white weight okay. magic. You got into all that like pr pretty young. Like, was it in your early 20s? Yeah, my mid 20s. I, I think that's like. so cool that you were so, I mean, that, that, you know, I've known about you for a long time and I've just, I'm astounded at all that you've put together, you know, since, since your early to mid 20s. I mean, this whole website and all the different curriculums that you offer and all your abilities that you have done as a as a woman entrepreneur all by yourself is just it's amazing i would you know you you can feel very very proud because i, I i've gotten to watch you and you just continue to flourish and also put out so much effort and time out there in the community to give this kind of data and information to people and it's you know thank you thank you for well, that uh what these ssp programs has taught me to expand the multi-talent to your highest capacity because they never they never put limit limitation on my talent ability to do any work i wanted to try so i was not limited in these programs and this taught myself to have a backup plan for a backup plan and a contingency for a contingency when back on earth to be my creative self to be multi-talented if you will so you to have use to. all ability that i have so so with the abilities you had were you able to control what people call flooding i mean i know there's so many people that that are multiple personality or have alters or have parts um and there can be times when it just all comes flooding in with with your abilities were you able to kind of dilate it and calibrate it so that you didn't get 
slammed with because you know when you do it's it's it'll knock your feet out I, I had the memories come in parts and bits and pieces so i wouldn't say it over flooded me you never got that wow that's amazing no i, I i'm a controlled person emotionally and physically so i don't i don't let just anything flood me or overwhelm me if i don't like something i work on healing and balancing it so it is in balance i don't step out of control i'm in control i vote that, that's so what the programs taught me to be in control of myself that's amazing well and you also got to actually witness what that feels like if we have that kind of experience which is what we're here to do is is have experiences you know then you you have that modeling you have that template to be able to to put that into action but so did you go through grief then how did grief portray in your life like were there times when you cried and and i don't cry much I don't spend I would, time I would, on. Yes, you you would. I that's my. I sense. don't. I don't cry. I don't spend time on something that was or has been. What I've done is what I've done. I've learned from it. I just don't have time to cry. I don't have time to reflect on grief and pain. It's part of life experience. So I just try to incorporate it and learn from it. Just understand what happened to learn as a life experience. I don't really see grief as something that I need to cry over or spend much time on. I don't have much time to spend on that. I, I keep going forward. I don't go backwards. So I wouldn't say great grief. Like I've experienced maybe moving from country to country when I was younger mm -hmm. and, and just spending a lot of time on trying to put down roots. But honestly, I've gone past that and worked through it and healed through it. So I don't really have grief now. Um, in terms of trauma, everybody has life trauma and experiences. It's mm -hmm. like how you deal with it and not fall apart is, or you do fall apart and you need healing. It depends on the person. For me, I think I worked through any trauma that I've had. So for me, it's like not really an issue anymore. So you really At this didn't, point. probably didn't have any phobias or anything, did you? Um, when you first witnessed that, you know, the, the neural links, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any phobias about the programs. I have phobias about butterflies, large butterflies, because when I lived in Israel, I saw this large insect with huge wings crossing the street. So it's like, uh, I would say it's something between a locust and a large ass moth, uh, something. I, I just yeah. said that. <laughs> So that's my only phobia. Anything like that crosses the street, I might just go, ugh. You might see a facial expression. That's the only phobia I have, really. I mean, I'm just, I, it just feels like you're so spiritually mature and so evolved, you know, to have even come here to Earth. Like, do you even, do you recall your choice to come here to Earth? Yeah, it's a very personal choice. I came to save somebody as uh, part of a soulmate family connection uh, um yeah but i it, it had to be a huge step down was it yeah i didn't want to come here honestly this i'm not I supposed bet. to be here but while i'm here might as well disclose some things have an experience you know do my best that i can it wasn't a personal choice to come here again because i've had many lifetimes on earth and it's a i'm used to 5d and higher 3d is kind of a step down but oh it's, for sure compressing yeah but it allows you to learn some good interesting life experiences and lessons 
and also to empower yourself to know who you are as a being. Because here in 3D, you really get to know who you are with things that are compressed and kind of blanketed in ability, because not all of it is active. When you're outside of 3D, a lot of your ability is activated when you're in 3D. It's tamped down and it, mm. you feel it like through a sieve. It's, it's, it's more denser, so it's like, such like, a, yeah. Yeah. harder to access for some people. Um, 3D life is for those that are corporeal. Non-3D life is more non-corporeal if you want it to be, to understand how you can go in between corporeal and non-corporeal and how energy works. Uh, I know how it works, and so this is my last 3D lifetime. I don't plan to be back here ever again. Well, I, I will say that we were lucky to to have you be here. I'm sorry that I'm sorry for the circumstances, you know, and that that it caused you to come down here to this kind of compression. But well, I, I, those of us that have learned from you and all that you are teaching and will continue to teach, you know, those are those are the lucky instances for people like us that get to experience it. Well, I had a partial choice. I chose to come here to retrieve someone. But this planetary system and this universe has universal laws. If you're coming to retrieve somebody on this Earth planet, you kind of need to interact with the humans and do a lifetime. You can't just come, get what you need, and leave. That's not how it really works in this physical laws of this planet. You would think otherwise, but it's not like that. Wow. Well, it must have been pretty big that you went ahead and did something like that. Um, I would say it's... I really felt compassion towards somebody else and I I chose to help somebody else out and not just look out for my own interests and myself. That's, that's showing selflessness right. when, you, when you come back for somebody and try to help somebody that got stuck here despite you saying, don't go here, there's going to be stuff happening here, don't do it. They did it because they wanted to help, but they didn't fully understand what they were walking into. So that's on my website like it's kind of like a personal experience i came here to get somebody but i needed to come in a physical lifetime to remember what this mission was and to do it to experience it i i think that taught me how to be more humble and selfless not just um, service to self service to others really helped me learn that concept and humbleness this experience of this lifetime uh, that's the greatest lesson I've learned here. That's a ni that's a nice honing to be able to to bring in that humility. That's I mean as good as it gets in my in my belief. That's yeah, funny. yeah. I wouldn't say I would choose this physicality ever again. Oh no! Well, I've always I've always said I want my money back. <laughs> well, as they say with the extraterrestrials, I want my energy back and I want my uh, light body back. There's yeah. no money in the higher density. Right. There's like, just give me my energetic body back. I just want my body and my powers back. Not the, not a 3D physical body, but the energy light body in the Merkaba field and your abilities activated. That's that's the higher densities, like mm -hmm. what you experience up there. Um, so I would say this physical experience in this lifetime has been a wonderful life lesson not to be repeated ever again. <laughs> I totally believe that. So, so the, a lot of the, I'm the super soldier in secret space stuff. When they first started out, they were 
they were very inefficient and archaic. Um, and there was a program that they came along with later on called the Project Moonshadow. Were you part of that? No, I don't it think so. Was, okay, it was a. It was in 1967. And I then, wasn't born there. <laughs> no, that's. I know with time travel, they can time dilate even your yes. soul into yeah. other bodies. But no, I was not part of that. I was born 1985, so I would say I'm in the 1980s programs where they started building bases on the moon and on Mars, like the good bases with the electromagnetic domes. You got to see the good stuff. Um, but Project Horizon, Project Moon Shadow, those were the beginnings of building underground basic bases, modular systems with uh, V5 rockets delivering supplies to build that on the moon and Mars, Werner uh, von Braun, Project Paperclip. I think that is connected to Project um, Horizon and the other projects, the earlier ones. Well, he, at least you made a good decision in, in when you somehow chose to come here that you, you bypassed all of that, you know, archaic stuff that was really just insanity plus. Well, I'm I'm used to advanced tech that replicators, uh, flying cars, flying saucers, uh, energetic bodies. This right now, even to me, is archaic. What oh, we have for sure, for sure. I can't imagine. I met somebody probably 25 years ago that had designed the hovercraft, and they they you know they made promises, but they basically shut him down. So I mean, so yeah, you know, interesting how much stuff was back there. Um, so was there a light bulb moment for you in which your life felt different in a good way? I mean, it, it seems like you've had such an upper hand on your life throughout it all just because of the um, progression of who you, the evolution of who you are when you even came here. But was there some, was there a point at which like what caused you to start going out and doing your podcast? How long ago did you do those? I always knew that I had to just, I've been doing this for almost 10 years now. I've, I've always known that I need to disclose the truth. So people are aware of these programs and what's happening. And so you can call me the early rebel, the, the rebel with a cause and without a cause. I just started talking about what's happening to me, not filtering the experience. Uh -uh. It's just not, just the dark, the good, and the bad, and everything in between, just being very frank with the experiences, and not holding anything back. I mean, look what's happening now. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a whistleblower named David Grush that just came forward saying that there's reverse engineering programs that the government has been hiding from us, the deep government, the shadow government, the shadow aspects of the military, that there's these reverse engineering programs and crash site retrievals of extraterrestrial crafts, non-human origin, and that they had pilots and bodies retrieved from these crash sites, Area 51, and other bases, 100, 145 bases, Black Ops military and other things, that this is all real. He's come forward. I think he had a lot of help with Dr. Stephen Greer, mm -hmm. who helped him out, coached him, um, read him in on a lot of these uh, you have programs and non-access programs. I could see the coaching. Like I could see who this data came from, Stephen cool. Greer. Cool. Because 
He's helped to coach whistleblowers and he's helped to encourage whistleblowers to come forward and to draft that whistle protection law into Congress and Senate. So even though they still have to um, disclose unclassified skips, uh, it's still classified, but the public is starting to hear about it and they're coming forward. So David Gresh is like the first experiment, I would say, to see how this works. Um, he seemed confident when he came out and spoke out. He just seemed like he was prepped. He was told a lot about the second hand. He didn't see it himself. He was told about these programs on Earth, the shadow programs and the black ops. And it's interconnected to the secret space programs off world. So there's phases of disclosure we're in. We're in the first phase of this. What happens on the ground here on Earth? Why well, it feels like the whole the whole you know with within the, where you all the lot a lot of the podcasts you participate in and the different uh, conferences and stuff it definitely feels like there's a, a pretty good expansion going on where there's a lot more people ready to hear it and and experience it and get to hear what everybody has to share yeah and I was told by Time Corp to release my book about Area 51 oh, and about wow. what's happening in Antarctica May 31st and June 1st to have the book and the videos out oh, because cool. I was told that something that's in your remote viewing project recent one will be public knowledge it will be huge what was in my recent remote viewing book is that there's reverse engineering programs of extraterrestrial crafts and crash site retrievals, but this has been going on for 40, 80 years on earth. Right. And that the US and Russia are, are involved in that in doing this secretly. I was like, well, that's one thing on the list. I didn't know it was that, but I was told to put that, put this book out and the video out about it because I have a huge broad list of what was remote viewed. And that's one of the most important things on that list again. And then June 5th, David Gresh says, yeah, I know about these reverse engineering programs and crash site retrievals of non-human crafts and non-human intelligences and bodies. This is splashed on the debrief with the article by Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal. And then, uh, I guess, Ross Colharth interviewed David Gresh about all of this. And David said, well, you know, the DOD cleared me to talk about these things. Um, I can tell that David Gresh is trained to do this. He's trained to disclose things. And he's mm -hmm. been sworn in what to disclose and how. There's training. I could see that this oh, is. I could, they'd have to. They'd have to prep them and get in, into a yeah. pretty strong place to be able well, to. Well, I can see. Huge. Yeah, I can see the influence of Stephen Greer. Mm -hmm. It's like you you it's know tough. the you know the vibration and who's who's briefed who on what and how. It's just is 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 plain to see. This is Stephen Greer's project. Mm -hmm. And he's trained other whistleblowers who have come forward. And he recently had a conference, disclosure conference, yes. Yes. a national press club release. And he's talked about UFO crash sites, retrievals, and all the other things that we need to have zero point technology and energy healing technology yes. come out. Yes, yes. Getting so we can get all the different type of equipment that you got exposed to. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah. think 
even though that Stephen Greer doesn't talk about the secret space programs, he is talking about what's happening here on Earth and underground and what's happening in space because it's all interconnected. We need zero point technology. We need clean energy to clean up the pollution, to remove the war, the disease, the famine, the greed. Yes. Yes. Um, so he's at least incorporated that into this disclosure. Get, get this started, it's first phase of it and to see how humans will, will react to that. It's a call to action, this phase. Mm -hmm. So I've been seeing this for various couple of weeks and it's just been exciting. This book that I've released, it's my own form of disclosure, knowing what I know that's supposed to come out yes. in the timeline. Because I saw a lot of timeline pieces through planetary corporations, databases on the Mars basis. Like they have huge, holographic systems with even how timelines will appear and how things could happen. And that's connected to time corporations because they know timeline sequencing, how things will happen. And they said to me, we can't tell you what's going to happen in June, but you must need to have these books out by certain dates. And the reverse engineering of the spacecrafts, non-human spacecrafts, and the crash site retrievals that 40 80 years the technology that's involved that was in my remote viewing plus the antarctica stuff that people are talking about was in the remote viewing so i was like oh yeah that's happening right now real time and i and i disclosed it in my own way through the videos through the books so people have learning materials to learn about this stuff yeah, because multiple 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 people will speak out about this in their own ways mm -hmm. and disclose some more publicly than others and some through different platforms and means but this is not going to stop this will continue when you offer in your book your book so many great pictures for people to get to see i, I think it's enticing you know for people to go ahead and, and read your book because it, it's helpful to see the pictures you can you can take it we're so visual you can take it in in a different way and it's not going to be so raw for people to start seeing the things that they're going to start seeing so it's neat I, I i highly advise anybody that's been um interested in everything that we've shared today to definitely check out your books so is there anything else you can think of that you want to share it's been this has been so comprehensive i'm so grateful mm -hmm. Allow yourself, if you have memories of something that's happened to you, allow the healing to come in. Allow yourself to experience what happened to you, understand it. Um, and if it's something traumatic or it had grief in it, heal it. Allow it to heal. Heal through it. Because oftentimes memories come up for us to understand something profound about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine being a normal human because I'm more than that at this time. Um, my Even my genetics, the Pleiadian, the Andromedan genetics and the L-race genetics, working with their Arcturians to learn more energy healing, like quantum healing, it has activated this extraterrestrial genetics that's part of me from my past lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Things are activating energetically. Our DNA is activating. Uh, our soul path evolution is activating. Allow yourself to not be afraid of that and to embrace who you truly are galactically and humanly. Oh, that's beautiful. Yay. Yay. I hope everybody just 
goes all the way through to the end just to get this last piece because it's this it it says it all it's where we're at we're master creator beings let's let's step into the gloriousness of who we are and all our abilities it's going to make everything so much more enjoyable so in closing as we move out of the piscean age and into the aquarian age we are transmuting the vibration of our spiritual and intellectual minds leading us out of the wilderness into a place of greater self as you so beautifully portray Ileana. In such hectic times, we hunger for meaning and guidance amidst these sagas of child exploitation, exploitation, forced work and enslavement. Those like yourself, Ileana, who work to surpass these egregious acts, demonstrate self-determination, fulfillment, and enjoyment as one such as yourself widen and enlarge their psychic abilities and awareness despite all the ordeals directed at them during such a key developmental time of their life. It is influential to witness experiencers dedicated to self-healing tune more and more into our evolutionary function as cosmically activated electromagnetic generators, stabilizing and lifting the collective frequency of awareness. Thank you so much for coming today. I am so grateful. There's just so much within this. It's one of those podcasts where you could probably listen to it about three times to really take in everything that was offered. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I hope people will uh, check out your your newest book because it, there there's just so much in it. And it's going to it just creates an, an excitement for what we have to look forward to and all that we get to step into. And, you know, we've got we've got a lot looking that's coming our way. Yes, yeah, self-discovery is so beautiful when you learn who you truly are and you express your truth and your genuine creative self. Like be in your self-energy of creativity and exploration. I think that's the greatest gift we can give ourselves at this time. It's just it, you wake up every day just joyous just because it, you're just so happy to be here and on being on Earth. So, yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear sweet. Thank you. Bye.